to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Good to be here. Good to be here. Episode 93. Yes. We're getting closer. So a couple things happened this week. A special shout out to, uh, Mark is showing Mad Love Robinson for the hot ass takes episode. It wasn't the longest episode of hyphenation history, sorry, but man, did we have some hot ass takes, including myself. I'm not gonna rehash any of those. If you wanna hear the hot ass takes, go check those out right now on episode 92. It's there and available for you. You can't you can't miss it. Uh, what else is new, man? Uh, the Morgantown Magazine interview came out and I haven't read it. I have not procured my copy yet. Um, may, I know that my, uh, the, uh, the other branch of my job has it. Um, I may swing by there if they have copies after work and get a couple off of them. As long as they haven't sent the whole stack to Fairmont which is normally the procedure, so I I will see about that. If not, I will be on the hunt for some copies. Uh, My coworkers over there did read it, and I was like, do I sound like a pompous ass? And they're like, no, it was good. I'm like, okay, I'm just checking. Because not that I uh, thought that Zach would say anything about me that uh, would not sound unflattering, but I was more worried about just being coherent during the interview, you know, I thought I gave well thought out answers and everything, but I just want to make sure you just never know. So the interview was out. It is not available digitally. Um, Morgantown magazine does have digital editions, but they haven't been updated since 2018. So I don't know if that's on purpose or not, because it's a quarterly magazine and they, I don't know if it's like every time they drop one, they'll drop the next one. Like the next one in line to kind of keep the shelf life for the magazine going for longer. But as soon as I get my hands on it, I will be getting best copies I can up for everybody's perusal. Because I know you're dying to hear all my thoughts on hyphen podcast group and own podcasting. And speaking of hyphen podcast group, this episode is brought to you by hyphenpodcastgroup.com, bringing great podcasts to the people. Morgantown based, Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective. We are here doing a damn thing. Well, at least I'm here right now. This is a little bit of a change for me. I'm recording late at night and I'm not recording with someone. Um, things have happened throughout the week that's changed up my normal morning recording schedule. So here I am. Trying to knock this out for you, for you, my adoring fan base. Never fear. 93 is here. That's right. So, 
Yeah, hyphenpodcastgroup.com for all of our great shows. Um, there's a Patreon if you'd like to support and help try to pay our web cost, our web hosting cost. Um, that's patreon.com slash hyphenpodcastgroup. If you want to go shop on Amazon, go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com. And in the menu, you'll see the Amazon link. Click the Amazon link and go buy something. And if you do that, a little bit comes back to the show. Or not just the show, the whole podcast group as a whole. And we greatly appreciate it. <sighs> Hyphen Nation is, of course, brought to you by the MARCROB.wordpress.com. Mark Rob, written by my semi regular co host, Marcus Robinson. Always great pontifications over there. Make sure you check him out. Uh, his last piece, uh, he had a Captain Marvel piece. He did, and I think he dropped uh, something else as well. That was really thought-provoking. Um, basically about letting things go. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, after the death of uh, Megan the Stallion's mother that he was inspired to write that. So go check that out. Check out Megan the Stallion if you haven't heard of her. Stallion. Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. There you go. Uh, if you haven't heard of her. A very talented young lady. So that should uh, be something you want to check out. And then unofficially, this episode is brought to you by Radio Public. I love Radio Public because if I click on iTunes link on my Android, it brings it into Radio Public and starts gives me options to start playing it Im- immediately. Also, Radio Public just did an overhaul of their whole interface. They now are more aesthetically pleasing to look at. It's my favorite podcast app. Um, I recommend it to everyone. And if I am to believe uh, what one Lisa and Rebecca say on a podcast, I will recommend here. If not today, then in the near future, they hate the iOS podcast app. And I always thought it was pretty good myself for a few months. I used it. If you hate your iOS podcast app, get Radio Public. You won't regret it. Okay. Thanks, sweetheart. <sighs> so. It is soon to be, by the time you hear this, it should be on uh, April the 18th. In two days' time, I will be the father of a five-year-old. Yeah, it's crazy. When I started Hyphen Nation, she was barely one and eight months so yeah, she was 20 months. And I stopped with the whole months thing after uh, we did collectively once she had two. Well, actually, it might have been after 18 months. I was just like, oh, she's two. She's one, you know. I don't remember when I stopped. But the main thing is that I and my wife, Angel, are going to be parents of a five-year-old. Now, it hadn't really bothered me too much. You know, we're getting ready for a birthday party this weekend. She's super excited. Getting everything ready for that. <sighs> I got family coming in, friends coming in. Whole lot of people coming in. Hopefully my dad makes it up again uh, again this year. We just saw him last weekend went home to Caton Bridge. Just in the birthday party of another family member of mine. Shout out to Crystal and TJ and Delaney. 
was fine. And then Angel goes and hits me with the, oh, you know, she's about to be five. I'm like, yeah, she'll be five. You know, try and downplay it as as men are wont to do. Try not to make a big deal. And then she hits me with a quarter of her childhood is gone. And I'm like, why would you say that? Why? Why do you hate me? Because if she says it like that, it's one thing she's five years old. It's like, okay, she's five. Yes, it's a major milestone, but in your head, you can kind of wrap your head around it. When you say that a quarter of her childhood is gone, I mean, essentially, she's saying that she's a child until she's 18, 20, give or take. You know, and then she's off to college, Jocko Wood. But to say it like that, it it just makes it even more serious. Because, I mean, it's been five years already that she's been on this planet. She, I, I talked about it way, 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 way long ago on episode nine. Knock on wood. I believe I was knock on wood. It was, it was either eight or nine. Number nine could have been I feel petty. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you go back and listen to those episodes and let me know. But I did go through and talk about Aaliyah being born after she was born and what a big impact that was on me, you know, as a new father and everything. I talked about it back then. And, you know, it, it's it's wild to think that you're parent of a five-year-old. I mean, hell, my dad might look at me and be like, I'm the parent of a 36-year-old. I mean, he takes things more logically than I do. I'm not a logic-based person. I feel like I've said that a lot to a lot of people the past few weeks. I'm like, don't you logic at me. Don't you give me those semantics. I'll try to tell Angel I don't live in a logical world. I don't think she believed me. She probably should have, though, because I don't. I'm a gangster. But yeah, man, I'm, our little girl is growing up fast. Going to be starting kindergarten next year, wrapping up her pre-K year. And we were actually looking at old videos I had updated, uploaded on uh, Unlisted on YouTube. Just old videos of her uh, as a baby and a toddler just crawling around and me playing with her and getting her to say mama and stuff like that. And Aaliyah just loved it. She's like, look at what she's doing. I'm like, it's not she, it's you. That's you. I mean, this this is you. This is what me and you used to do. Like, I go and pick you up from the babysitter. Um, and I'd bring you home and mommy would be home shortly after, either from, um, she would pick you up normally from Fairview. And it's almost turned to a letter to my daughter, but she would pick you up from Fairview on her way back from Fairview Middle. And I would, uh, I would go get you sometimes when she couldn't make it. And I, uh, I'd bring you home and, you know, we'd play and I'd feed you. And, you know, we just had this whole routine. Um, you didn't care what was on the TV, so you watched a lot of sports stuff because that's what I was into a lot. I always had ESPN on. And, you know, we just hung out and I gave you a bath and I fed you, like I said, and it's time to go to bed. I swaddled you and patted your back until you fell asleep in my arms. And 
I'd watch whatever was on TV, and then once I was holding you for a little while and you were out cold, I would just take you and put you in your rock and play. Eventually, I became your, uh, eventually started putting you in your crib. It's crazy to think that uh, I'm the father of a soon-to-be five-year-old, man. It's like, good job. You kept her alive for five years, you know? And I promise I'm not going to cry on this episode, okay? God, that Dwayne Wade commercial had me fucked on episode 91. But, uh, yeah, I promise I'm not going to cry. But I before I talked about this, I actually had down in my notes. She came home one day last week. And she was like, Daddy, Daddy, like her her school weekends on Thursday. And she goes to a sitter on Friday. She's like, Daddy, um, how oh, they might have called me Angel and Aaliyah. They might have called me and be like, Daddy, Daddy, guess what? I'm like, what? It's like, I was named Friend of the Week at school. And like, Friend of the Week is essentially like, in pre-K, it means that you were a great helper all week and you were kind to of your friends and a good listener and... And you didn't cause any interruptions. You were just an all-around great, great kid that week. And I don't know if it was her first time. It seemed like it. Or I don't even know when they brought in the friend of the week thing. She was all like, Daddy, I was named friend of the week and everything. And she was just so proud that uh, that she had earned that honor, you know. And she had every right to be. And I, I was proud, and Angel was proud, you know. <sighs> um, I know she's only five, man, but, you know. And it could have been a thing where it's like they give each of the kids to be friend of the week kind of a thing where nobody gets left out and stuff. It could be something like that. It could be a participation thing, like thanks for showing up kind of deal, which is fine. I'm not all about everybody getting trophies in sports and things like that, but... Ultimately, if she earned that shit, that's awesome. And it shows that so far in her five years that something's we're doing something right if she's being a good person at school. Like, we rarely have gotten a bad report about her. It'd be something like she had a rough day listening or, um, you know, that this happened. Uh, this little incident happened. Nothing too serious, though. God has blessed me and Angel with a, with a great kid so far. And I, I hope that we uh, continue to impart to her more life lessons and stuff that she can use going forward. But for somebody to give you a cosign, it's like, hey, you got a good-ass kid. It's like, it's nice, you know? I mean, I, I love my daughter to death. But man, she be getting to my nerves sometimes. And and I try to have patience, man, but sometimes it's just not there. And like like tonight, for example. So um Angel said, Do we have any more Angry Orchard? Um, from when uh CJ came to visit a few week uh weeks ago. Hell it might have been a month ago now. A few weeks ago, she brought some Angry Orchard and brought some reds at um Red's apple ale or something over for me. And I was drinking Red's and um, Angel was drinking 
the Angry Orchard, and she had a rough day at school and everything. So she's like, hey, can I get a Angry Orchard? Did you drink them all? I'm like, nah, they're right here. So I, I got her one. And somewhere from that, I've been trying to get this game to run on my PS4, and it's not working at all. And I'm kind of ready to throw the game, well, at least go back to GameStop and get my $3 back. It was a used game. But, you know, um, she comes running back. I want juice. I want juice. How come you got mommy something to drink? I'm like, mommy has for alcohol, and you don't get alcohol. Um, as for juice, I mean, there's ways for you to get juice while she's throwing a fit. And, you know, I kind of left it at that. She runs back out and she's getting up like, I want juice. I want juice. And comes in the back in the bedroom where I mess my PS4, falls on the floor. I'm like, man, what are you doing? And I'm like, Aaliyah, go, go sit in time out and calm down. This is ridiculous. No. What? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, well, I'm going to have to smack your bottom then. No, I don't want to smack my bottom. Then get up and go to that room right now. And like, yeah, I'll smack my bottom. And so she gets up, and I thought she was getting ready to take back off to the kitchen. So I got, walked back up to her, and she thought I was going to smack her bottom. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go my room. So she sat there in her room, and she's just wailing. Oh, I want juice. I want juice. And Angel's trying to talk to her. And, I, and eventually I go in there, and I look at her, and I said, you need to stop crying. Like, I I did not smack her bottom. I did good. <laughs> but the thing is, man, it's just like, why are you crying? I was like, mommy has alcohol. You don't get alcohol. You don't get adult beverages. You are a child. Why do you suddenly need you? I want you to go to the store and get me a juice. I'm like, why do I got to go to the store and get you a juice? Isn't there apple juice? I don't like apple juice. Like, oh, come on, Aaliyah. All right, let, let's calm down. Let's ask in a nice way to go out here and look for a juice for you to have with dinner. And we'll go from there. See if there's any other juices. There wasn't just apple juice. Thankfully, we did have some Capri Suns in the closet um, that we thought we were going to need for tomorrow. But Aaliyah was, uh, we're not going to need them for tomorrow. So Aaliyah did get a Capri Sun and everything got chilled off, chilled off, chilled out. But I was like, man, I was mad. Selling maps. Talking about his kids. Except maps maps like I'm gonna punch my girls in the chest. Like I I, I can never <laughs> I can never that's like I just wanna punch in the chest. Not to say that maps punches his kids in the chest, man, but uh kids just have a way of working that nerve, man. And I had trouble listening as a child. I'd have trouble listening as an adult. And my listening issues have went right to Aaliyah. Like, it's not even funny. Like, I, I can't even explain that shit. Like, I will tell Leah multiple times, we go do this, we go do this, you do this. Like, if it's instructions and she's listening, she's good. I have problems with instructions. I still have problems with instructions. But just listening to a, like, to a direct thing, like, get down off of that. Get down off of that. If I see that hula hoop up in the air one more time in this house, it's going away. What I tell you about that hula hoop, you know, it's just like constantly. It's like, I know what you're talking about, the hula hoop, but I forgot. Then I got to tell myself she's four, you know. <laughs> she's only four, soon to be five. And God, I, I, I don't like the whole analogy that 
a quarter of her life is gone. I just, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it, and I don't have to like it. But yeah, soon she will be going into kindergarten. She'll be graduating from pre-K next month. And, you know, just continue to keep things moving and hope that everything's all right. So my daughter was person of the week. I don't know if it was honorable, just her turn to be person of the week, kind of like the weather watcher was a thing when she was at Elf. Because uh, it... She's like, I have a job this week. I'm like, oh, what's your job? I'm the weather watcher. I think they literally would get to go up to out to a window and be like, it's rainy, it's sunny, it's cloudy, you know. So I don't know if it was just her turn or if she actually earned it. I like to believe she earned it. Because so far, man, I, I, we got a good-ass kid with a good heart, and I wouldn't trade her for anything. So she will be five. By the time y'all are hearing this, well, by the time you're hearing this, it'll still be a few days away. By the time you next hear my voice on episode 95, because 94 is already recorded. Um, yeah. I will have a five-year-old. I'm damn proud of her. And Aaliyah, if you ever go back and listen to these podcasts, just know one thing, that daddy will always love you. And I almost teared up there. Welcome to Crying Nation, where I cry about anything and everything. Here we go. Let's take a break. My name is Miles Amadeus Prower. I have what I believe is a pretty cool podcast that you probably never heard of. I Black Man Podcast is a view of a white world, seen with the aid of a black light and a little humor to help you cope. So check out the I Black Man Podcast on iTunes and anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is the I Black Man Podcast, Offensively Black. Welcome back to Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama approved. Cheer, as Marcus would say. Or he'll be like, big dog. Yeah, I made the big dog joke a whole lot on episode 94, so y'all better get ready for that. <laughs> Jada Kiss laugh. Oh, man, next topic. So we talked about Aaliyah being friend of the week. This is just a quick little topic here. Um, a few months ago, uh, Freeway, who is actually a favorite rapper of mine, he used to be down with Rockefeller back in its heyday. He has had... Um, kidney issues for a while and I do mean a while um last episode I actually talked about um um um, um what was I gonna say I talked about oh I recommended the combat jack episode of with a f- freeway on there and I forget how old that was but literally the whole kidney thing it kind of just happened to free um, and he just, I mean, he was on the list and everything, but he got his new kidney February 5th, man. So let, let's do a little podcast of 101 here. Freeway kidney. You can follow along at home. All right. Freeway receives kidney transplant. Surgery went well. February 5th, 2019. 
All right. Thanks for your prayer and support. Surgery went well. The Philly native wrote from his Baltimore hospital bed as he begins his journey of recovery. Freo was diagnosed with end-stage renal disease in 2015, which resulted in kidney failure, making him a prime candidate for a transplant once a healthy match is found. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, so 2015, he was on Combat Jack, or at least early 2016, maybe. Combat Jack talking about his kidney failure, and he finally got his kidney. So yeah, Freeway was on the transplant list from 2015 until 2019. So best wishes to Freeway. Um, looking forward to hearing more music. Hope you get back out there on the road. I met Freeway once. I don't know if I mentioned it before. He came to perform in Morgantown like a week or so after I went to WrestleMania in 2012. Um, he stopped by a radio station to do an interview with my friend Stephen Hoops. I helped out and asked the asked a question at the end and told Freeway how much Philadelphia Freeway, the album that came out in 2003, meant to me. Um, and then I took a picture with him. And then he went and did a show, and I was like, ah, I still feel jet lagged. I'm not going. Which is crazy because two of my friends ended up getting robbed in the alley, like, right next to the venue. Not by anybody social with Freeway, but it was just the same night. So that was a little random. So all the best, Free. Here's to a, a full recovery for you, my good friend. And, uh, you know, life goes on. So that was a quick little topic I wanted to talk about. Um, here's a fun one. Guys, you guys, get my busy Phillips on. Guys, I accidentally watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for the first time. Now, I posted my list uh, in uh, the Brain Trust group, group chat uh, not too long ago, and Marcus or, or Lam, Lamarique was like, what does that mean? I think it was Marcus. Well, what, how did you actually watch Game of, or Game of Thrones? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Well, let me tell you what happened. See, what had happened was, if you listen back to, I believe, the same episode where I talked about the U92 stuff, Let's do a little bit of podcasting deep diving. Yes, I just made my own shit. <laughs> my own little transitional shit. Yeah, here we go. Continue adventure, laziness. Yeah, it's episode, it's episode 40. Man, this episode's great so far. Episode 40. <laughs> oh, man, no wonder I'm only getting like 15 plays an episode. Seriously, though. I may add that out. I might delete it later. I might leave it. Who knows? <sighs> anyway. Episode 40 of the show. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead and time mark that. We're just going to put it at the 28 minute mark and I'll find it. Man. Okay. Episode 40 of Hyphenation. I actually talked about how I hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which it came out in... Uh, summer 2017 and i had to went to go see thor ragnarok uh, which came out in november of 17 november october and then i hadn't seen um i wasn't pl- i wasn't excited for the last jedi at all um which changed drastically because I, I took my ass to last jedi and i had myself an experience because last jedi is still fucking dope don't at me um, destroyed my child. Destroyed my childhood. Go get a dick. 
Um, seriously though, back to the topic. I thought, like, the whole reason I didn't go see Guardians Volume 2 is because I'd lost my job at Huntington. And I was transitioning, I went back to the shoe department, and ended up back at my old job. Um, so, damn, did I ever say where I worked at before? Oops. Eh, I'm leaving it. I got fired. It's on me. Um, yeah, I just assumed that I had sat down to watch Guardians, man, because I kind of knew the story. Spoilers, here they be. Uh, I knew Yondu um, didn't make it. I knew Kurt Russell was supposed to be Star-Lord's dad. Um, I knew that Gamora and uh, Nebula kind of made peace. I knew that Groot was a little older in this one. But man, I got to tell you, I never watched it. I never watched it until recently. And this is like December, January when I wrote this topic, at least. Because I turned on someone on Netflix one day. I think I had a later shift and I was like eating some breakfast. I had bought. I'm like, let me turn on Guardians. I started watching it. And I was like, man, this doesn't seem familiar to me at all. And then as the, as the movie keeps going along, they they uh, recover, uh, they take out the monster, and then uh, Rocket steals the thing. I'm not going into details. You meet Star-Lord's father. I mean, you met him again in the, more, in the movie. You didn't realize I was Star-Lord's father, I don't think. I Like I said, it was my first time through. I, and I just sat down, and I, over the next couple of days, I kind of pieced together the whole movie and kept coming back to it. And I was like, Fuck! I never watched Volume 2, which is insane considering how much I love Volume 1 when it came out. I get the circumstances were completely different. And it was extenuating circumstances that I didn't go to the theater with uh, me losing my job around that time. But I thought for sure I sat down to watch it, man. So here's my review of Guardians Volume 2. I fucking loved it. Um, Marcus thinks it's mid. You'll hear about that on episode 94. But that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. Whatever. Um, this is a free country. But it wasn't as good as Guardians 1. But Volume 2 really worked for me. And I and I had heard bad reviews and stuff. But I just really enjoyed how they how they pulled everything together, man. I thought they did a good job. Um I, I thought performances were good. Uh this is Star Chris Pratt is made to be Star Lord. He's it's the only role I enjoyed him in, enjoy him in outside of Andy Dwyer. I will not watch the Jurassic Parks and I will not watch Passengers. Okay, not true. I probably would watch Passengers because Jennifer Lawrence is on it, and I still feel a certain way about her. So maybe one day. Um, but oh, Lego Movie Chris Pratt, but that's not him in it. That's his voice acting. You know, not that voice acting's easier. Um, but it is easier way to collect the check without. Putting your body through a whole bunch of stuff. Just saying. Uh, Batista was excellent as Drax. I thought he was even funnier um, now that he kind of understood comedic timing and and being funny in the second one. Because the first one, he took everything so literal. That's what made it funny. And and in this one, man, he was just, he was killing everything. Baby Groot was adorable. Rocket was great. Shout out to Bradley Cooper. Shout out to Vin Diesel. Uh, Zoe uh, Saldana and, and Chris Pratt. 
Gamora and Star Lord, they kind of they didn't really. I mean, yeah, they they had feelings for each other, but unless I'm remembering the ending wrong, I don't remember them ever being like, "All right, we're together now." Like, obviously, they had their uh, "we have feelings for each other" thing coming out. Maybe there was a big kissing scene at the end that I forgot about. Sylvester Stallone showed up and killed it as like Yondu's boss. Michael Rooker was really good as Yondu in this movie. Um, I just thought all the performances was good. Um, James Gunn did another excellent job with this. Um, we're going to talk about James Gunn in episode 94, so I'm not going to talk too much about James Gunn here now. But it was just a, it was a hell of a ride, man. They did a good-ass job. They did a good-ass job, and I'd never seen it. Just completely skipped that one. I, I don't even know. Because I, I thought it's been on Netflix forever, and I thought for sure I had watched it. So yeah, I actually watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for the first time, and I fucking loved it. Not Guardians 1, but it's definitely a solid Marvel, uh, Marvel film. It's better than Captain Marvel. <sighs> Why'd I say that? I only said that because I need to watch Captain Marvel again. I feel bad, but I feel like they could have done more with Captain Marvel and Danvers, and it was she was more of a piece in her own movie. We talk about it more in episode 94. Trust me. Trust me on this one. I'll detach you. Mind from spirit. Body from soul. To have to hold a mask. Put your body in the hole. No. Next topic. Let's go ahead and talk about... Just real quick. Little Nas X. First of all, how can this dude call himself Little Nas X? <laughs> can anybody explain that to me? Like Nas ain't like a little bit like... I know it's like little and X in front of it, or even little X. How come little X ain't coming after this dude? That's like me calling myself little Hova H, you know, little Hova X, little Jay Z Hova, <laughs> little Eminem Hova, little Eminem. It, it, there's just there's just rules to this shit, and apparently nobody cares. Nobody cares one little bit <laughs> when it comes to this. So. In case you ain't heard, Lil Nas X released a song called Old Town Road some time ago, and it's not the most remarkable song at all. Let's just be real about it. <sighs> but, uh, you know, y- your boy, um, he, uh, he put out the song December 3rd. Now I got my, oh, game popularity on social video sharing app, TikTok. Fuck TikTok. That shit sucks. Um, so yeah, the, the actual runtime of the song here, let me, let me see if I can find it here. It's super fucking short. Um, I don't even feel like it's more than two minutes and 30 seconds. It is very short. Um, yeah, let me just go ahead and, oh, I didn't want to go to the YouTube Wikipedia page. I wanted to go to Old Town Road on YouTube. It's got Red Dead Redemption music. What? It's got Red Dead Redemption 2 video with it. Anyway, yeah, it's a minute and 53 seconds. That's how long this joint is. The remix is 2 minutes and 38 minutes. 
Oh, man. So, let me just say first and foremost, I don't, out of all the shit that's out nowadays, I kind of like the song. I'm not going to be drastic or anything or be like, this is song of the year. But fuck it, I give him props for doing something different, all right? So, apparently, this is how out of date I am. So, country rap and its subgenre, country trap, made a resurgence following American rapper Young Thug's experimental mixtape Beautiful Thugger Girls in 2017. Lil Nas X decided Young Thug is pioneer country trap genre. 2018, Lil Nas X dropped out of college to pursue a music career, but he's discouraged by his parents. Um, one night he began writing Old Town Road, Hefty Fellas Out of Options. Uh, one month within writing it, chose to spin the song's meaning so that Old Town Road would be a symbol of success. Um, but the thing is, it's less than two minutes, and it's just a little fun little ditty. It, it's clearly rap. It's clearly in a trap vein, but it, it's in it's a country... It's got country written all over it, okay? So, apparently it blew up from some Yeehaw Challenge on TikTok. I don't care what the Yeehaw Challenge is. If you care, you can Google that shit yourself. Um, Old Town Road bro- broke Canadian rapper Drake's song In My Feelings previous held streaming record for a single debut week. Damn, Drake just took a hard L. But, but, here, but here's the crazy thing, okay? So... This one, it caught my attention. This one, it caught national attention. Old Town Road achieved a rare feat in Billboard history when it simultaneously charted on the Billboard Hot 100, Hot Country Songs, and Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Songs charts in March 2019. However, Billboard quietly removed Old Town Road from its Hot Country chart for not embracing enough elements of today's country music. Old Town Road would have peaked at number one on April 6, 2019 Hot Country Songs chart if it was never removed. Little Nas X explained he was extremely disappointed. Song is country trap. It's not one, it's not the other, it's both, is his response. Uh, criticism to the publication. And let's see, I'm, I'm trying to see if anybody from country actually came out and said anything. Um, Billboard had to come out and say, later stated, decision to remove Old Town Road from Hot Country Songs tried not to do Little Nas X's race. That's true, because Darius Rucker is definitely black and he definitely charts on billboard all the time um and then uh where's the remix here we go billy ray cyrus hopped on the remix in support of it being recorded as a country song wow so with the single featuring cyrus <laughs> Cy- Cyrus jumped on the joint and um, it hit number one on Billboard Hot 100. It surpassed Cyrus' previous peak, 1992's top five hit, Eggy Breaky Heart, as his highest charting single. So Billy Ray Cyrus, father of of Miley. Um, damn, I had hot... Did I, I think I told Marcus I had Miley hot takes that I didn't say, or that was maybe in Kardashian hot takes that I'm going to have to remember to say. So, so yeah, uh, you know, Billy Ray jumps on it, and all of a sudden it's the biggest thing in the world. And then Young Thug actually put out a remix on April 9th. Um, so, here, here's the thing. Now that I'm giving you the background, it's perfectly fine 
for Billboard to remove this from the charts. It's not a black thing. Yet a guy's name is Lil Nas X. He sounds like a black man, a black rapper. What's he doing in the country charts? But the precedence is there for black artists. Thanks mostly in my mind to Darius Rucker and various other black artists who have done country. Okay? I don't think Billboard is racist. Essentially, it's kind of like what Little Nas X said about the genre being a little bit of both. It's a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of trap, a little bit of rap. You know, and it doesn't have a specific place to go. Naturally, the inclination is like, all right, let's throw this shit in the, on the rap charts. That's the normal thing that people do. But it's not as simple as throwing it on the rap charts. It's not as simple as throwing it on the country charts. And it's not as simple as throwing it on the trap charts. Not that there are trap charts. So the, you know, the rap, the R&B and rap charts, those things in the country charts. It's not as simple. It's both. There's nowhere to put it. Um, it doesn't sound like most country today. Even though a lot of country today is brought a lot of EDM and a lot of... Rap cadences, rap cadences, rap cadences, I've noticed in their newer music. I've noticed, don't think I'm not seeing the country people. And it's still called country. So, but the thing is, it's still staying true to country roots, despite the obvious outside influences. And despite the country influence on Old Town Road, Old Town Road is a rap song. It's a R&B pop rap song at best, you know. It's it's not bad though. It's a decent song. I, I'm interested to see what he follows it up with, if anything, if I even hear it. Like I I kind of feel like this is going to be a thing that comes and goes, but it's it's kind of important for these moments to happen because Billboard as the the essentially what music tra- music charting is based off of not even based off they created that shit as far as i know all music charting goes through them they should be willing to embrace the fact that it's on the country charts if a radio if a country radio station starts spinning old town road and starts giving it those country spins and you're getting the reports back and it's saying hey we're down here in in uh, alabama playing old town road and Thelma on Route 66 and her uh, husband Jeb love that shit, then you gotta let it go, man. Let that shit fly like Chris move. I'm being dead ass. That's how things work. And then if you're in the D.C. area and PGC, if PGC still thing, if WKYS is fucking with that shit and Easy Street's like, yo, Jamal and uh, Ingrid from uh, around the way, they've been requesting... uh. Old Town Road all fucking day, and we've been banging that shit. Put that shit there too, man. If it fits both, it fits both. And it's really, supposedly, Billboard is about streams, and about, it's supposed to be about radio play. Well, really, Billboard is influenced by sales and streaming numbers. So, even if you want to take them at face value and be like, well, this is a sale in a rural area or a city area, or this is streams coming from Baltimore and this is streams coming from Mississippi. If they're coming from the areas where you know the genre is prevalent, man, just go ahead and put it in there. Break some rules, man. Ho- like, Hove had to fight in order to get um, 
Magna Carta Holy Grail certified platinum, that he shipped platinum just by pairing with Samsung. You know? Because um, I forget what the deal was with the Samsungs, but you're supposed to be able to um, get his new album. Not, not like YouTube free, but th there was something you had to do. This is prior to title. Uh, with that Samsung deal, and then you'd be able to get Holy Car um, Holy um, Magna Carta Holy Grail from Jay-Z. And Jay had to push Billboard, because they were still in the infancy of counting streams and shit in 2013. Jay had to push Billboard and be like, look, I just pushed a million units of this album through the Samsung deal. Y'all gotta list that. That shit's important. Like, don't shit on a, don't shit on what we did just because y'all don't know what to do with it. And this is the exact same thing. So let me um let me just go back and kind of explain what happened with this here. Uh I, I, oh okay, release and promotion. Uh this is for uh this is for um Magna Carta Holy Girl, just to kind of give y'all a little a little background. So let's see. It was in the album would be on San, like the commercial came from Samsung. Album made available for free download on July fourth, twelve oh one a.m. to the first one million Galaxy S three, Galaxy S four, and Samsung Galaxy Note two users of a new app. I don't remember what the app was now, but yeah, um, I mean the album will sell three days later, but. But then you can see, shortly after Billboard said that the Samsung deal would not count towards the sales figure used by Nielsen SoundScan to compile their, compile their charts. But then, I'm pretty sure they reneged on that. I thought Billboard had went back on Magna Carta and gave it its props. Um, because, I mean, you heard it right there. Um, yeah, so here, here's what I'm talking about. Here, so this is what I mean. Like, they said they weren't going to count it at first. But then, inspired by hip hop mogul Samsung deal, the I the RIAA news policy, the RIAA's new policy brings digital album gold and platinum certifications in line with his digital singles policy. So essentially, once that happened, they were saying it wasn't going to count. But then they turned around and was like, "We kind of have to recognize the fact that this man shipped all these." albums even if it was through a through a free app a free download on the app on samsung that shit was unheard of that jay-z rewrote the rules now i i don't have confirmation that they that they credited jay-z with those, those millions of downloads um initially but the thing is they changed the rules and that's why when drake or jake Cole or kendrick or anyone with any kind of clout drops Taylor Swift, um, I'm sure Rihanna, Beyonce, that's a good one. Um, that's when their albums drop digitally. That's why all 16 of their album tracks enter the literal charts because they're available immediately. They have that instant impact. So all those streams and all those downloads and all those buys go right into the count. And that's why full albums are making the charts. They don't stay on the Hot 100 forever. The, the singles do, but the whole album doesn't. But it, it, it just comes back to Billboard being 
not being so archaic in its worldview of things. E.G., if you're listening, I agree that country, that Old Town Road is not a country song. It's not. It just simply isn't. But it's also not just a rap song, and it's also not just a trap song. It's a little bit of everything. Best of luck to you, little Nas X. Um, congratulations on that number one spot. It took Drake a uh, long-ass time to get there. Uh, but uh, we all know that he's garbage now. I miss the old Drake. The Drake that actually cared and didn't just do what was hot to sell records because his name's Drake, but whatever. God, I'm better. Hey, Marcus, you listen to Scorpion again yet? Probably not. <laughs> I know you haven't. I'm getting a little off the rails here, but I don't care, man. It, it's it's whatever. I do what I want. I do what I want. Shit. And what I want is to take a break. Oh, I didn't know I was recording. Hi there. Didn't mean to interrupt the great hyphen podcast show you're currently listening to. My name is Eduardo Garfield the Bird Esquire. You can call me EG. I'm the host of the number one concert review podcast in the world. It's called Catch the Show. And also a member of the incredible Hyphen Podcast group, a collective of podcasters who like to give their takes on the main things going on from life to entertainment. And my show is me giving my opinion on some of the highest tours and shows from Beyonce to U2. See, I go to a lot of concerts and have gone to a lot of concerts, so it makes sense I have a podcast reviewing concerts and talking about the latest in music-related pop culture. So go listen to my podcast, catch the show on hyphenpodcastgroup.com or anywhere where podcasts can be heard so you can catch the show. Get because that's the name of the title. All right, now back to the show you were listening to. Welcome back to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation. I'm still Kellen Conley, and you're still listening. Chia. So Hulu got a movie, a documentary I was really excited about a while ago. Probably about two months ago at this point. And it's actually uh, the Whitney Houston documentary that came out this past summer. I remember looking at the trailer with Tyler at work. And we were both like, oh, we want to see it. And it came on Hulu, man. And I saw that one night and I was, you know, just messing around. Nothing serious. And I saw Whitney on, on Hulu and I was I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this so I can come back to it later. And I was like, nah, I got to watch this right now. And, and I watched it, man. And it's excellent, excellently done, man. It has interviews with everybody who's involved with Whitney's life, her brother, her sister, her uh, aunt, her mother. Bobby was in it for a little bit. And they just kind of paint this picture of her early life and her rise to fame. And how apparently, I never knew this, she had a girlfriend for the longest time and she identified as gay. Well, not identified as gay. She was like one of the biggest artists in the world, like biggest stars in the world. Like, I'm going to talk about this in a second, but one of the biggest stars in the world. And she had a secret lover who her whole family hated and said was 
bad for her. And eventually, what had happened was she's trying to keep that under wraps. This is the 80s. It wasn't cool for her to just come out and be like, I'm gay. Uh, and this is who I'm in love with. She probably wanted to, but she was a megastar. Eventually, backlash comes out that Whitney uh, is more geared towards white people for their enjoyment. That uh, she she acts more white, and Whitney's not down, and you know Whitney's not black enough, and like people looked at her early records, like Greatest Love of All, and they're like, that's that's not a song that we would sing, and all these horrible things, and so Whitney decided, like, okay. Let me go ahead and drop on your baby tonight and show you that I can be as black as any of you other chicks from Jersey back from where I'm from. And then that that eventually goes to her meeting Bobby and it shows her rise and well not rise, it shows her and Bobby's wild ride and how long she stuck it out with him and Oh man. The crazy thing is they finally kind of copped not only to the fact she was gay, but also to the fact that she was a heavy drug user before Bobby, which Bobby had always claimed. Bobby didn't help at all. But Bobby had already said Whitney was using before I met her. And it was really her brothers and her on tour where she started experimenting on drugs. And she just never had a problem. I mean, not that she never a problem, but... Uh, as the stardom got to her and the pressure got even more, the drugs started getting worse and then it didn't help that she was stuck in this marriage with Bobby and things just got wild, man. And she never was really a mother to Bobby Christina, always treated her as like a friend. And we all saw what happened to Bobby Christina not that long after her mom passed and just how she tried to come back. And it, it, it's... Whitney was a megastar. Like, I didn't realize. Because as a kid, I, I would watch Michael Jackson and stuff, like, during the Bad Tour and that whole era, and you'd see the women fainting and the dudes fainting and people screaming his name and the throngs of people surrounding his cars as he's trying to travel in other countries or even in America. Michael Mania was insane. But Whitney was fucking there, man. Whitney was up there. Like, Whitney should still be alive and cashing checks to this day. She was a bad motherfucker. She was on Mike's level, man. And people tend to forget that, but you you listen, you watch this documentary, and then there, there's a couple scenes of people, uh, of fans just cheering for her. And they're losing their shit like Michael Jackson's in that car. Whitney Houston was a big fucking deal. Everything that happened from the My Love Is Your Love album, which is like 97, no, 98, up until essentially her death, took away from that. Sort of just like, very similar to how the accusations against Michael Jackson in 93, um, and by like... It didn't affect him too much by the time he dropped history in 95. And then by the time Invincible rolled around in 2001, which is his last studio album, he was a fucking laughing stock. Nobody gave a shit about Mike. He was the biggest thing on the planet, and she was the biggest thing on the planet, and both of their falls from grace is just epic. 
And uh, similar to Michael, there was sexual abuse involved in why she was such a heavy drug user because apparently her aunt, I believe, sexually abused her as a child, and they, and they confirmed that interview that she got that the family member got Whitney and her brother, which is just insane. I mean, it's not insane, excuse me, but to think that all her, like, everybody's like, oh, man, Whitney just can't take the pressure. Whitney can't handle it. It's just how Whitney copes. Whitney's an addict. There's a root to all evil, man. And Whitney's was this family member just fucking betraying her. She never got over it. And ultimately, she robbed the world of one of the greatest voices of the last 50 years. It's a great documentary. It doesn't shy away from the hard stuff. It's not a fluff piece. You got real interviews with real family members and people who are literally there. Oh, man. It, it's something to say. Um, I, if it's still on Hulu, take this time and watch it. If not, track that bad boy down and watch it, please. You will not regret it. Um... Quick little thing I want to throw in here before I get out of here. Tiger has won another major for the first time since 20, 2008. And I just want to tell a quick little story about Tiger and then kind of uh, relate another article I read about this whole thing. So Tiger Woods finally wins his first major. Wrote him off so long ago. I had tweets saying he'd never win another major. But I looked at Dad on Sunday morning before I left his house. I said, oh, man, Tiger's only two or three shots back. He's like, I know. And Dad had predicted Tigers would win the Masters the year before. And I sat down this pod, and he didn't. But then they had the early tea time because of rain threatening everything at Augusta. And then by the time I got home and I finally looked, at, looked up, I'm like, oh, shit, Tiger won. It was so fucking exciting, man. Because, Ty, like, honestly, I get excited for the Masters. Like, I could sit there and watch Masters golf for four straight days and not watch any more golf the rest of the year. Just the whole mythology and the uh, excitement that goes with the tournament. It just really gets to me. It's one of the few sporting events I actually get up for currently. I don't know why it's just been that way the past few years, at least since Leo was born. Anyway, Tiger won it. I was super pumped. Uh, he was hugging his son and there was shades of him hugging Earl back in 97 when he first won it. Or was that 96? Back in 96 when he first won it. And it was like super, super excited. It was like, oh man, that's a great moment for Tiger. Tiger's officially all the way back. Um, we're all hoping for continued Tiger success in the future, you know. Uh, and then uh, I happened to see something that my uh, my uh, one of my favorite uh, tweeters, I guess, favorite Twitter users, uh, Jack Silverstein, had posted about Sarah Spain and her thing with with uh, Tiger Woods winning and how. Um, it's good that he won, but it's uh, okay not to be happy with it. And I was like, and I wasn't sure where she's coming from, but I read it and she immediately jumped to his fall from grace. Not so much the the DUI or the arrest or the weird Navy SEAL shit he was doing. Um, no, she focused it entirely on when everything fell apart um, for Tiger and how he 
was sleeping with multiple women and behind his wife's back and his marriage crumbled and he was married to this supermodel and it wasn't good enough for him and he was a sex addict and how ultimately Tiger broke up a happy home in pursuit of the almighty P and how despite seeing Tiger and, and being happy to see Tiger back in form it's at the same time she feels bad for Elin for the things that I think it's Elin. It's E-L-I-N. I don't think it's Ellen. Feels bad for Elin for the shit that Tiger put her through, even though it's we're 10 years removed from all that. It's still something that she takes consideration when it comes to Tiger's legacy because he hit rock bottom hard. It wasn't just like, oh, Tiger caught a handy at a club in, um, Flor- in Florida and uh, Elin found out and left him. Like, no, this man was having lengthy, real relationships with at least four to five different women. Behind, behind Elon's back. So it was a big fucking deal when it happened. It was nothing to sneeze at, is what I'm trying to get at. So you take that, and she's essentially saying that how she can't let go. She can't, like, she, it's that whole thing, that thin line again. She won't separate the sports away from his actions off the, um, off the course. Similar to how I have trouble separating. Kobe's actions when he raped that girl and then settled out of court supposedly accusedly what's the word of my like when he was accused of raping that because he wasn't convicted he was accused of raping that girl in Colorado and then he had to settle out of court when she dropped the charges in the criminal case Ever since I, I, for some reason, dug up all those details after Kobe retired about that case and kind of came back to it, Kobe's one of the greats, man, on the basketball court, but Kobe's a rapist in my mind. That's how I see him. There, There's no fixing that. There's no, you know, easy, easy way to fix it. It's just not. And I'm fine with that. I have to be fine with it. I, I still... Love Kobe the basketball player, but knowing what Kobe the person did, it really has tainted me on Kobe as a whole. And Sarah Spain came from the same perspective on Tiger. It's funny that I'm more okay with him, with Tiger being a cheater than Kobe being a rapist. So I don't put him on the same level. It's like less lesser. It's like, oh, well, at least he wasn't raping four girls behind your back. You know, so... It kind of leveled me out, though, because I was really excited for Tiger. I'm still excited for Tiger, and I, ho- I wish him well in his, in his future future play. Hopefully he catches up with Jack Nicholas. That'd be something to see. But do remember, as DJ Clue would say, you've got you to gotta consider those little things about people being trash, man, because uh, they, they affect people in different ways, and Tiger Woods is no exception. But congratulations to Tiger. I just want to talk about that real quick. Um... I did think it was actually funny because uh, last time I remember, last time I remember Tiger winning a tournament, and actually it was his last major, was at U.S. Open in 2008, and I had been drinking super heavily the night before, and I just remember being like, not being worth a damn most of that Sunday. And then finally kind of getting coherent, like later in the, like uh, three or four and kind of watching Tiger pull that off with that fucked up knee. 
and that was like one of the craziest moments of my of my sport like it's definitely a sports memory i'll never forget because seeing or maybe it was monday morning may i have fucked up on sunday and i was watching the highlights on monday morning um that sounds more more feasible i was just watching tiger come all the way back man and do it on andrew leg on the u.s open and to see him finally get back on top is something i've been waiting to see i was willing we're ready to come on the podcast but like this is a new black history month Kofi Kingston, black WWE champion. Tiger Woods wins the Masters. But then Sarah Spain's like, oh, yeah, uh, Tiger also cheated on his wife a whole bunch and the and caused their whole family unit to be destroyed. Yeah. But we still have Kofi. You know, that's how I feel. Recommendations. Another combat Jack episode. He had Nick Cannon on there um, at some point. Um... It was just a regular Nick Cannon episode. It's just look for the Nick Cannon episode of Combat Jack. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Nick Cannon. I, I do enjoy Nick Cannon's uh, work. I've even been guilty of enjoying some of his music at certain times. Um, but it's just a real good sit down. And you hear uh, all kinds of stories of, of Nick Cannon coming up and uh, the breaks that he got along the way and the things he's involved with that you had no idea about. So definitely check that out. Uh, Combat Jack and Nick Cannon. Uh, Unqualified, which is Anna Ferris's podcast. Uh, I, I got her in a Chris Pratt divorce. Uh, so if you don't know Unqualified, Unqualified is a show where people literally call in via Skype and talk to Anna about their relationship issues. And her and her uh, producer, Sim, and whoever guesses on kind of try to solve their problems with no training and everything. Kevin Smith... And if y'all listen to Hyphenation, y'all know I'm a big Kevin Smith mark. Um, he came on the show and him and Anna just had this great chemistry where they were literally fighting the whole episode. Um, but it wasn't fighting as in they were arguing. It was just like, and they just had this good back and forth and was just this solid, like one-upsmanship of um, anything you, anytime you say fuck you, I'm going to say fuck you better. Let's just say it was like that. Okay. So it, it was just solid banter back and forth for the whole episode and they try to solve a couple problems as well so check out unqualified the kevin smith episode last one is another podcast recommendation this is views from the long box number 265 views from the long box is done by my friend michael bailey on this episode he had big honk and steve and they just kind of go over um things that have changed in the 10 years that uh uh, Views in the Long Box has been in existence now. Views is one of the very first podcasts that I remember listening to outside of like Tom DJ and things like that. Uh, Eric Frome actually said, hey, have you checked out his Views from the Long Box uh, podcast? Michael Bailey, who used to write a uh, hawk for Marvel Anthology, he actually does it. And you should check it out. And I checked it out. And I think the first episode I ever listened to was the Death of the Family episode about uh, Jason Todd being killed by the Joker. And I was hooked ever since. And I listened to Buku episodes over the years. And uh, he's actually slowed down recently. Slowed down. He's actually uh, slowed down recently on doing views. He's still podcasting. Um, but views is no longer the, the main show, you know. Um, 
And there, there's actually a bit more to that story that I'll get into next time I sit down and do recommendations because I have another views episode I want to recommend. But yeah, views from Longbox 265 with Big Honk and Steve. Chia. That's it, man. So, Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, is brought to you by hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. That's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Why am I drawing a blank? Radio Public, uh, TuneIn app. You can find us anywhere. Hyphen Nation is everywhere. Uh, you can do it like that. You can also, um, you know, if you want to go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com, click on shows in the menu, go to Hyphen Nation and take that RSS feed. You can take that RSS feed. You can uh, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, turn that some bitch sideways, and you can get all 93 episodes of Fire! For that ass. Just like that. It's that easy. Trust me when I say this. Uh, if you want to contact the show, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at B hyphen or at hyphen pie group, Facebook hyphen universe or hyphen podcast group, Instagram, the B hyphen or hyphen podcast group. That's all the social media. You can reach out to me on any of those places. Morgantown Magazine and Zach reached out to me on the Hyphen Podcast Group Facebook page. And uh, that's how I actually linked up so we could do the interview. So can't wait to to read that article and uh, take a bunch of pictures and feel proud about myself. I'm really excited about that. Uh, What else? What else? Apologies, Markel Fultz, because you're trash. That's still a fact. Um, I said all the things about podcasts are sold. Hyphenuniverse.com is my personal site. You can find all the episodes on there as well. Uh, take the time to rate, review, subscribe, and spread the word about the show. Let people know. Um, rate the show because if you rate the show, if you're doing it on Apple Podcasts, it kicks in that algorithm that make that gets more eyes on the podcast, and more eyes on the podcast means more. Um, I don't know. It's just a good ass podcast. It needs recognition, don't it? Damn right it does. Uh, but yeah, if you if you do all those things, then more people come check out the pod, and then you can, then you can be like, hey, did you listen to those episode hyphenation? And you'd be like, yeah, I totally did this morning. You'd be like, I'm about halfway through, but let's talk about the first topic, just like that. It's, it's that easy, man. It's that simple. That simple. Anywho, words of wisdom for today. Breathe. I got off my lunch, man. I've been watching this wonderful show that I'm going to recommend here at some point. Uh, But I don't want to tell you what show it is yet. It's on Netflix, though, so you can guess from there. I've been watching this wonderful show on my lunch break. And today, I... I had to pause it because I had to go back to work. And I was just in a pissy mood ever since then. Because all I wanted to do was watch my show and not go back to work. And I couldn't do that. 
And so I just kind of went into this little cocoon and I started beating myself up about my podcast numbers, my personal numbers and things I'm not doing right. And I kind of went down a deep hole and honestly, shout out to Tyler because he brought me out of it because we were watching funny shit on YouTube when we were closing the night. And you just got to breathe, man. Just... It makes a world of difference, and it's an easy thing to do. Just breathe. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what you have to do, no matter what it may be. you got to do you. Even if it means cutting somebody out who's not being positive. Yes, I said it. Uh, have genuine interactions with people can go a long way. Thinking that Dwayne Wade episode or commercial I talked about last episode. Call your mom, punch your brother, hug your dad, and dap up your sister. Send your cousin a note, write a letter, send a postcard, send an email, write on somebody's wall. Let people know how much they mean to you now. Tomorrow is not promised. That's so real. Tomorrow is not promised. Let people know how you feel. Now and that you're thinking of them, it'll go a long way because you never know what somebody else is going through. And that's real shit. Real, 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 real shit. Let me try again. This I was like, get that negativity out of your life. No matter what you got to do, you got to do you. I think I messed it up. Eh. No matter what you do, you got to do you. I think that's it. I messed up my own catchphrases at this point. Sheesh. Yeah, man, that's it. That's Hyphenation 93. Creeping closer to episode 100. Oh, one more thing. Looking for questions. I want to do a questions episode again. If you have questions, it can be anything. I will try to answer it to my best of my abilities. I want to do the questions episode again. I haven't done it since episode 30. So if you have questions... You can tweet them at me, at b-hyphen. You can email to me at b-hyphen at gmail.com. Or you can contact me on any of the other social medias I have out there. Give me those questions so I can ask, so I can answer these questions. And we can do a fun questions and answers pod, which we haven't done in 60 plus episodes. That's what I want. Please and thank you. And speaking of thank you, thank you to every one of y'all who take time to listen to my podcast. Um, it means a lot to me. I know... It ain't perfect. I know it's 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 a spe- it's a special kind of listen, you know. It's not easy to just throw on and you know, like like certain pods is like uh, the, you know what you're getting and like it's the solo pods are more difficult because I'm talking about different things, I'm all over the place. But I just love doing the solo pods. Wouldn't change it for anything, man. Um I hope you also enjoy the solo pods and if you, and uh, that uh, you just keep on listening and take the time to let somebody else know about the show. Hit me with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Write me a review on whatever app you're using if you can write a review. Um, hell, if you got a website, if you got if you want, get on your social media. Like I just discovered this hyphenation podcast. Tag me in it. Let me know, man. I'll reshare it. Um, because uh, I just want to make sure that I'm always thanking my listeners 
Because if I wasn't getting any listens, I probably would not be at episode 93. Let's be real. (laughs) I'm getting listens, and each one of y'all is important to me. For real. So thank you. Good fight, good night. And thanks, y'all. Thank you.